Good morning and welcome to the Preventing Grace podcast. It is uh, December 5th, which means it's the day before St. Nicholas Day, which means I need to go shopping. Yeah. I'm St. Nicholas's little helper. (laughs) Yeah, like our, our... Do it, are all of our children disabused with the notion of? I uh, yes. I mean, I think you're the remaining holdout. Well, Although we never <clears> speak <throat> of it, we would never. We never speak, speak of it, it right? Because, so, and I mean, uh, I was really disappointed that even our youngest children don't don't. Well, they do. They're like <clears throat> they make a list and they're they hand it to you and say. Can you send this? Can Santa? you please give it? And they roll their. Can you please give this to Santa? I'm really shocked. So you I've just written, wrote an article about this. I've right? written about Saint Nicholas, but it was a little bit broader. Should Christians observe Santa, <laughs> the wonders of Santa, or is it is it wicked? And as I like after now that I've written it and it's gone away, there's. I'm seeing lots of tweets. There's lots of people who are. I get there's a there's a sizable. Well, I guess Twitter is not a good indication of what exists. There's a sizer, sizable Twitter population who just assumes that a, the observation of Santa, the liturgical observation of Santa, is wicked. And so they're asking each other for advice. What should we do if you don't want to do Santa? What do you do instead? And I'm just. Who is it that, 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 that it was like everything? Everything was instead of Santa. I mean, Jesus gave you this gift. So they're, they're like the gifts under the tree from Jesus. Is that? Oh well, we know somebody in real life. Oh, okay. His parents okay. would give her presents and say, and they would say, "This is from Jesus." <laughs> and that actually really I mean, creeped yes, me out a lot. But I mean, yeah, of course. So is he sneaking into your house at night and? I mean, he lives in her heart, so that's already kind and of everything a boundary violation. Every, I mean, we could just say, like, as a baseline for this conversation, that everything comes from Jesus, from right. all things. All... We don't question that yeah, yeah. basic right. truth. But, but the question is, can he... Have helpers. Can he use, can he use secondary, <laughs> secondary means, means of grace to give, to give presents to people? Or the not. Do or they not? <laughs> come directly from his <laughs> tiny infant hands? What do you wait? Where did the baby Jesus come from? You... I'm just mixing it together because there's a lot of songs about the tiny infant hands, and we used to, at Good Shepherd we used to sing a song about the tiny infant hands being pierced on the cross. Is there a song like that? Yeah, I don't, I can't remember it at all, or I would have found it. I remember that. I just that, remember that line. The only time I remember hearing this is like the movie The Apostle. Have you seen The Apostle? No, I don't. I want to watch that. The last scene. He's preaching a sermon, and he talks about he takes a little, he takes a baby from the congregation, and holds up its little hands, and says, "Can you imagine these little hands being pierced and by this?" Like, <laughs> but that's the point. Jesus was not. But he crucified a baby. He crucified the baby Jesus. He, he grew. The, he grew up. The man Jesus, right? <laughs> but that was a song that Good Shepherd loves. Uh, well, the, I used to have to tiny infant hands on the Christmas Eve service. Though I I used. When I first got to Good Shepherd, there was a tradition that the, the, the rector would process in carrying 
the porcelain baby Jesus in his hands, in his arms, and then he would place him in the manger. Place him in the right, manger. Right, right. And that, it wasn't Christmas until it happened. That was... Then you refused to do it. So basically, we haven't had Christmas. I mean, I was told... It's that's like one always of the few... winter and never Christmas since you came here. <laughs> that's one of the few Christmas things I refused to do. I just, I just, I felt... I just, it made me, it made me cringe in a way. <laughs> so I couldn't, I could You literally Because it was, literally it was, it felt it. like, it felt like little idolatry. Like, 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 this was really the baby Jesus coming into the. <laughs> I don't think people really I don't think thought people thought that. that, but it was, it was, yeah. I felt like I was carrying an idol into the, <laughs> into, into, the, the temple, into the temple. <laughs> but no one thought that. You're right. No one, no one Nobody is, was idolizing right. a baby. I mean, you can't. If you worship God, you're not you're not an idolater. I know, but like okay, but, I, but I'm totally for statues and pictures of Jesus and all of that. I'm not against it at all. I'm, I'm, I'm Anglican, but as long as you're not, but just the carrying of the statue around, which <laughs> is a little too much. <laughs> well, so I we already did we already talk about it on this because I I did not put this in my article, but. There's a John Piper, Ask John Piper. Yeah, no, moment. you didn't. We didn't talk about this. And he, because somebody says, can I work, Can I have Santa? Um, I'm going to Google it. Is that a good idea? This is part of our show prep. Yeah, I think. In the show. In the. Um, in the show. We'll be, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be in the airplane lights while it's in flight. In, <laughs> in flight construction of an airplane. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so compared to Santa, Jesus is pitiful. Um, oh no, this is just a, a report about what he said. I Can you w- summarize the article since you actually wrote about it? Well, I didn't write about this. Um, I didn't put this in because I didn't, what, my article? No, the, the, you wrote about, you were writing in response to a John Piper article or an no, article on Desiring God, right? No, I wasn't. I was just doing a, a neutral. Okay, but you... I remember you showed me the article. Can you remember the? Well, I just got it up. I just oh, got you it. found it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. I thought that this was pretty great. I read this to you. That's why you remember it. Okay. So somebody said, Pastor John, should parents allow their children to believe in Santa to believe Santa Claus is bringing them gifts on Christmas? And so I would, I think we would both say yes. yes. It falls into the realm of Audiopera. Like, it's not a... Yeah, and also, like, it's, I mean, like... Okay, so the question is so... So there's, like, either you lie to your children... Yeah, and tell, a, and tell them they're Santa, question. Or, or you tell them the truth. But there's, like, no, nothing between those two options, it seems like. At least what right, he's written, that's right? what the question right. is. Okay, so here's John Piper's answer. He says... The salvation of sinners through the death and resurrection of Jesus is the goal of Christmas. Well, I don't know what that sentence means either, because I wouldn't say that Christmas has a goal. I would say that it's like a, it's What's not the, the personification of, of something. You have to have a purpose-driven Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> you can have but a, John Piper's not a person. I know he's not, but, but, they're, but, they're, but they're, that's not, I don't think that's, I don't think it's like totally with just reward. I think like it's a part of like. Purpose-driven. Part of evangelicalism is what's the reason? Or, what, your, why are we doing this? What's the reason? Well, for, that's true. Everybody yeah. always asks that. Why are we yeah. doing this? Yeah, and a lot of times at church, I say because, because we've we always want done to. it. This way. <laughs> yeah, because we've always <laughs> wanted. Don't question me. <laughs> this is our tradition. Okay, so given that Jesus is the reason for the season, 
He then lists bullet lists these things. Jesus came at Christmas to seek and save the lost, Luke 19.10. Jesus came at Christmas to save sinners, 1 Timothy 1.15. Jesus came at Christmas to give his life as a ransom for many, Mark 10.45. Jesus came at Christmas not to call the righteous but sinners, Matthew 9.13. Jesus came at Christmas to destroy the works of the devil, 1 John 3.8. And Jesus came at Christmas that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, Hebrews 2.14. So, I mean, first of all, is is the other option for Christmas that you sit down your children and look up all these texts and read the verses one by one? Is that how you're going to celebrate your... I'm looking at them. I mean, one interesting thing... I notice about this list is that, you know, and just as a theological aside, it's going to be kind of fun to go through this, but as a theological aside, it's interesting that you don't have anything in this list and it may just be an oversight. Probably, probably it's just an oversight, but it, it's, I think it's a pretty common oversight. You don't have anything in the list about Jesus or God becoming or taking on human nature to restore it, right? To, re, to cleanse and heal it. Like, the, like there's this great thing in the, in the church fathers in the beginning with Irenaeus, I think, with Jesus taking up the incarnation being super important because it's, that's the point in which Jesus took up the broken mosaic of, the, of God's image and restored it. So we, we are fallen so the, the image of, of God is ruined. And so we, we, talk, we talked about this before that everyone talks who, who says, oh, the Imago this Day. person's made in the image of God, and yes, that's right. But the image of God is is ruined, and so Jesus restores it, and that happens at the incarnation. Um, What's interesting is that I think everybody who's crying about the Imago Day is is desperately seeking that kind of more beautiful and interesting picture, mm-hmm. and. That, but there's nowhere in sort of quote evangelicalism where you get something beautiful and satisfying. You don't get any images of things that are that you would long for. Like heaven isn't ever described, or the human person in a satisfying and and comfortable life is. It's always all self denial. Yeah. Like this list of things is all great, but it's all on the negative side mm-hmm. of the column. And where, so Christmas is one moment in the church year where you get the positive side of it's yeah. like a, you get, I mean, Easter is pretty positive too. But. Right, right. But well, so, but <laughs> yeah, there are not very many moments in the church year where you're not sort of telling everybody that they need it knuckle under because they live in the wilderness and they've got to self-deny themselves mm. and take up their crosses and and there aren't very many um you know right, fill your right. mat open your wide your mouth your what wa- open wide your mouth that i may fill it moments in the i in mean the regular course of the church. i don't know I, people I, lot, well in evangelicalism i would say that I don't christmas and easter many. are two of those times that they like the whole in easter seven seven weeks long so I'm saying you're talking like in the regular evangelical in regular okay, evangelicalism right. okay. in the okay. liturgy of the right. church year for the evangelical yeah, yeah, yeah. where they're getting a lot of self-help. Now it's Christmas season. Then after Christmas season comes Valentine's Day season and then comes. But... And, in, and in and in all of those cases, you're not getting a, a 
a gloriously painted vision of the restored person, as you said, Hmm. through Christ, you're either getting a bunch of self-help or you're getting a lot of self-denial. There's not a lot of balance. Hmm. So here is a cheerful, joyous season. And Pastor Hmm. John's wants you to remember that it's all about denying yourself and taking up your cross. Is this by John Piper? Yeah, it's an answer that was transcribed. Okay, for his radio show. I mean, see, what's, what's, I mean, I like John Piper. He's, he's a good, he's not like the typical evangelical, but this is, a, this is what you'd expect. This is very much like the right. making your, well, I, I went to him for when I was writing about New Year's resolutions and Jonathan Edwards, right. 200 plus New Year's resolutions. Was there. Was that, that this is very much in that world. Yeah. Cause so we were saying, I mean, someone said that John Piper isn't a, Calvinist, he's more of a Edwardian in this. He's, he's Tom, um, Jonathan, Edwards. Jonathan Edwards was is his main theological influence, which is clear in his clear preaching. In this. And, okay, yeah, so this. so he goes on. So the birth of the Son of God, the very God, very man, <clears throat> is simply stunning and glorious and infinitely serious. An overflow of the happy news. The angel called it the good news of great joy, great joy, not small joy, not a little bit of joy, but great joy. Luke 2.10. That's positive. Right. But I bet I would quibble about the word serious. It is serious, but what does that mean? Mm. Okay. It is mine. This is John Piper. It is mind boggling to me that many, any Christian would even contemplate such a trade that we would divert attention away from the incarnation of God, the God of the universe into the world to save us and our children. Not only is Santa Claus not true and Jesus is the very truth himself, but compared to Jesus, Santa is simply pitiful and our kids should be helped to see this. Oh my gosh. You know, see, I, 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 there's where I just can't, what? I mean, you have to trade. Are you, are you, you comparing? Are, you, are you we can't. like saying, okay, children, this is, this season is not about Jesus. When, it's you, about, when you talk about it's Santa. about it's about Santa Claus, and so um, your trade. We want we want you for this period of time to trade your faith in Jesus for your, your faith in Santa. <laughs> your faith in Santa. No one's saying that. I mean, no okay, no Christian is saying no, that. People uh, in the world are saying that, right? So but no Christian is saying that. I can see yeah. where, like, Santa is definitely the idol of our time. You know, or one of them I mean. uh, with, with Amazon and <laughs> well, the idol of the season. Yeah, you know, Santa is weird in the world world and people do develop a sudden religious belief in the personification of christmas but christians don't have to make that trade uh, yeah i don't see okay now this uh, this is where like i think tolkien was so good with his children he he, he created this father christmas person who would write letters he just he wrote if you ever if you ever get a chance to to buy this coffee table book it's really coffee, neat coffee table book of the pictures that tolkien drew and the letters he wrote to his children from Father Christmas, they're all there. He, he wrote in his left hand, so it looked kind of shaky, so you couldn't tell it was his. Except you can still tell. You can still tell. But, <laughs> but he was like, he grew up, he just created like a little world where Father Christmas was hanging out with the polar bear. What was his The name? North Polar Bear. The North Polar Bear. And, there, um, and it was helpful because during the war, they didn't, Father Christmas didn't bring as many lovely things as it children always wanted so he made up a lot of interesting excuses for why you know like when you see north polar bear 
burnt down, burned up all the presents and like had their, he always had bad accidents, the North Polar Bear, and he was always hurting himself. Mm-hmm. And, and so Father Christmas would have wanted to bring all these things, but he wasn't because of his stupid sidekick. <laughs> and, and there were like wicked elves, I think out in the, we should read them again this year. So there's like a third category I would suggest, like between the, the, is, is Santa Claus a lie or is he Jesus? The, the other category is like myth, like interesting, fun myth that kids can believe like elves or like, I don't know, uh, dwarves who dwell in the forest or like gnomes. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, it's really that harmful. Is it really, I mean, I mean, they, they as, have to I, be it was always, even as a <clears throat> Christ, they have to be brought in, brought in service of, yeah. Well, even growing up, I mean, I well, in Narnia does that pretty well. Doesn't yeah. Mean, like, I mean, like, Santa Claus shows spin up in the wheel, and, and, and you have Father right, Christmas, and showing up in the wine with wardrobe out of nowhere, like for nothing. What? He gives them their important gifts that they have right. for the rest of the series. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> but, but the, I I just don't I don't get the I don't get the either or here. It doesn't seem to me like. Because if you, you follow this logic, you really can't have your kids believing anything. Well, the well, word you can't tell the them word a, unless you first believe sit- is like a a sketchy word. The word believe, like right. I wouldn't say that I would had encouraged my children to believe in Santa because they believe in Jesus for the salvation of their sins. Like you believe in a person, you can have a lot of ideas that are wrong about things. So Americans have believed. American Christians have believed in a ton of weird things like the prosperity gospel. That's a belief or they believe in um, the secret, the secret sensitive movement was a belief. Some Americans believe that if you, if you bring in, uh, you built a basketball court on the, on your stage, people will come to Christ. (laughs) I know, I know John Piper would never say that, but people believe weird ideas about things all the time okay but but, but then right right i believe i mean like do you, you want to do you want like, to crush any kind of childhood imaginative believing in fairy stuff i right? think that and, and a lot then, of christian a lot of american christians do want to do that well, i don't understand okay why why would you i think that's so key and core to the to a child's imagination i mean like if, if we had to sit down like every time we read a book like, to our little kids, like when they were six or seven or how younger, and like we read a book like I don't know, Jack and the Beanstalk. Do we have to sit there and say, okay, before I before I read this, you need to know this is all fake. Well, there's there's no giants. There, there are, are no giants. That you this is a, a lie. <laughs> but we're reading this to you okay, <laughs> because it's a fun lie. Had... It's a fun lie story. Shut up and <laughs> be quiet. Stop crying. <laughs> no, Emma watches a child who likes to know. He will say. Is this real, and or is this a lie? And if Emma says, "Who says who?" Little Kenny. Oh. And then if she says, um, <laughs> "That's great." It's a lie. He's like, "Well, I don't want to hear it." So she just <laughs> lies to him and is like, "No, this really happened, Kenny. You be quiet." And then he's like, oh, "I freaking hate you." She's like, <laughs> "No, this that. really happened, Kenny. You." <laughs> she reads Mrs. He wouldn't listen to Mrs. Pigglewiggle because he. Huh. He, he wanted it to be factually true. Interesting. And of course, for Mrs. Pigglewiggle, mm-hmm. the underlying truths of Mrs. Pigglewiggle far outreach any like yeah. morally true book that you can find. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. When you excise uh, myth and fairies from 
a child's corpus of literature, you have to replace it with something. And what you do is you replace it with Christian propaganda and moralizing tales that are end up making the child into a moral therapeutic deist. Well, you some people do that. I, mean, I wouldn't say John a Piper lot. Does that. Oh, well, maybe not John Piper, but <clears throat> I mean, you, you. I think it's a, a vital, important part of a kid's life to have believe to believe things are that, in a technically literal sense, are not like, and that doesn't include Jesus because he's he's the most real thing, real person in the whole world. But. But, but I think that children are able in a way that adults aren't to to discern the difference between the, the realness, the literal realness of Jesus and the realness of everything else. Yeah. Like, I don't think adults know how to do that, but children do know how to do that. And when you deny a child Christ and you refuse to tell them about Jesus, you hurt them in a deep way mm-hmm. that that can't be solved. Well, then they are looking for... Then they look for other things. But when when you tell a child about Jesus, but you also open wide the gates of 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 myth, children are well able to figure out the difference between those two things. Yeah, you confuse them when you you deny them one and not the other. I think. I mean, to this day, my mother has never told me that there's no such thing as Santa Claus. So I would never tell you either. Right, and I don't. But John Piper. I mean, someone says there's not. I mean, prove it. I mean, there's no. You, okay, well, he will. Let me go on. You, you here. can't prove that there's no such thing. No, no. He's here's the proof is incontrovertible. Okay. Santa okay. Claus says John Piper offers only earthly things, nothing lasting, nothing eternal. Jesus offers eternal joy, with the world thrown in. The fire engine is thrown in. First Corinthians three twenty one twenty. Okay, here I would say that's <clears> not true because if you if you make Jesus the servant, if you make Santa the servant of Jesus then Santa Claus does speak of eternal things. When you give your children a lot of presents from, quote, from Santa, you are saying something about God and the generosity and richness of who he is and his love and care and delight in his creatures. That's not true. That's another, like, a dichotomy that need not... um, That that someone gives material gifts doesn't take away from the fact that Jesus gives the best eternal gift and that he's also the author of every material gift. <laughs> so that your Uncle Joe gives you a present doesn't mean that Jesus hasn't given you the present and that Jesus is better than your Uncle Joe. Um, um, but also, like, all the gifts that you... This also says that, right, earthly things don't last, but... They're still nice. But they do you can, last, You can still enjoy though. them. You can still enjoy them at earthly things. But what they... <laughs> What they do for a person, this 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 line here, is why I had such a hard time with the make no provision, make no provision for the flesh. This leads Americans to think that there is a sharp line between the body and the soul, and um, and then not to take into account the the importance of the material world and what what it does to the spirit i mean americans are are deeply confused about that in all of their materialism they're anti-materialist like they too much deny the body and so you get stuck in a like a, a, a a strange place where you feel bad about 
you know, eating a piece of toast because you don't have enough self-denial. You're not concentrated on heavenly things. Huh. I think what you end up in this world, you end up with self-care. Like this is so extreme yeah. that you end up in a self-care world where you're completely concentrated on the material and you have no idea what what things are pointing to beyond themselves. Uh, so I, I don't like this one either. Okay. Keep going. I think... Should I read um, the next one? Yeah, go ahead and read the next one. Santa Claus offers his ephemeral goodies only on the condition of good works. He knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. That is a pure works religion. And Jesus offers himself all the gifts freely by grace for faith. Okay, so that's people who do that kind of Santa are wrong because Santa should be the free gift of grace. Like yeah, you, should, you don't have to do Santa in that way. Santa doesn't have to know if you've been good. The whole thing is that you are given things that you don't deserve um and god santa is is more like jesus than um than satan i mean yeah i've never heard i mean i, I don't think my i don't remember my parents ever <laughs> threatening me with well there that. is that horrible <laughs> elf on the shelf thing what's that the, the, where oh, the yeah. elf is like sitting there watching you that creepy little elf we would never do that <laughs> okay here but he wasn't like watching to see if you're naughty or nice was he is it is that the, is that the elf so. the shelf oh, no the so, elf is actually making it harder for you to be good because he's he messes up all your good works during the night. I don't know. Okay. Here's where the the American also is hypocritical. or I don't know if that's what I want. Because, yeah, you shouldn't have Santa seeing if you've been bad or good. But a lot of Christians love the Christmas Carol. And that's an anti-gospel story. I hate that story. Yeah, that's all about... That's you keep Christmas in your heart all year long, or you're not going to say you're a bad person. <laughs> you're going to end up with. Don't have any problem with the moralizing of of Charles Dickens, but then they want to throw over Santa, who gives lovely things to little children. Like, right. <clears throat> no, not being me. I I don't. Every every fun, interesting myth does have like like an element of fear darkness to it like yeah you, so so you, krampus is yeah, the yeah. counterpart of santa he comes and beats children <laughs> and when you wake up on christmas morning you don't know whether you'll know whether you were good or not by whether or not you've been beaten during the night or whether you were <laughs> gifts given to you that's the german so option. there's a little bit of like a like a i mean i don't mind a little bit of like suspense like is he gonna come uh, and then was i good enough i don't know you weren't good i don't enough. mind i don't like i don't like that no so yeah like because because the kid knows he's not good enough <laughs> Yeah, but I don't like that necessarily. But I like the, like the, the, I like the thought that, of oh, like, there's some man going to come in my bring... my house and put presents to me. It's kind of scary. And I remember as, as a kid, like waking up and like seeing the cookies with the bites taken out of them and the eggnog that was drunk to the bottom it spilled a little bit, and then um, and a note from Santa on the thing, and I was like, <laughs> hey, he's been a, yeah, I was like, I was super afraid, um, but also really happy that he'd come. So, and my mom like. Cause I didn't know what snow was like. Cause I, was, I grew up in South Texas. So my mom would like spray fake snow all around the, <laughs> in our house, not hot, but like it was, you know, room temperature in our house, but there was the remainder of the snow, like on the, on the floor, around the table. And I totally believed it. Cause I didn't. Um, but it was like, there was an element of fear there, which was, which that's good. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have fear as part of your Christmas celebration. <laughs> Right. Okay, so 
John Piper again. Santa Claus is make-believe. Jesus is more real than the roof on your house. I mean, yes. yeah. Uh, yes, but, do, but again, it's a, there's a two cat the, the the binary category of lie, real, no in between. Okay, Santa Claus only shows up once a year. Jesus promises, "I'm with you always." Matthew twenty eight twenty. You say to your kid every night, "He is standing by your bed. He is with you when you get up in the morning. He is with you when you go to school today." If mommy and daddy die, he will be right there with you. We should talk kids about it. Santa doesn't hold a candle to this flame, Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I like at Christmas time to be like. We might, we're probably going to die. <laughs> I just saw this. I sent it to you. Great clip of somebody we could, explaining we should, why we, Disney movies are bad. He yeah. did, ran the calculations, and in every Disney movie, parents die. He's like. <laughs> What does Disney have it in for the parents? Why can't the parents live? Sometimes the story would be helped by the parents living, but no, in every <laughs> case, the parents have to be killed. Well, they're always they're always bad, though, aren't they? The other parents always mm-hmm. want to like stop the kid from wanting to dance. They're or something. bad, <laughs> you have to kill them. <laughs> right, right. Because the kid just wants to dance, but the parents won't let him. Hide bound traditionalists. So, okay, so here's the thing. Here's the fear of Christ. Like some, I can say this. I read Psalm 139 when I'm not in a good place, and it scares me to death. But he, you Nowhere. can't, you there, you can't get away <laughs> from can't him. Get away from him. So he is everywhere. Yeah. And he is. And it's, I, I always find it a comforting psalm. I read it to people well, when yeah, I go when, to him in the hospital and stuff. Yeah, but if you're sinning a lot, is that oh, what right. you want? <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I just think, too, though, Santa shows up once a year, and at the as the culmination of Advent, the return, which should be about the return of Christ, there's you can draw out like experientially without ever saying anything. You can give to your children the expectant hope of the parousia, which you're supposed to be giving them anyway, but you can't do that by by telling them that they need to wait. You only give it to them by giving them waiting periods in their lives that end sort of with cataclysmic joy, which is what Christmas morning should be like. And so you can use Santa to build the experience of, of expectation and hope mm-hmm. in a child that carries them through adulthood. It can be a powerful lesson, but not if you explain it. Like not if you tell them what you're doing and then, and then tell them that Jesus is more, you know, no, you, you jumble it together. You give them spiritual furniture through Christmas that lasts them in the dark days of adulthood. Like that's what Santa is for. It's like, it's like Bilbo running out of his house without his shoes on. That's a, that's a piece of furniture that you have in your mind that helps you make sense of things. All of the things around Christmas, Santa, St. Nicholas, can be those kinds of images and experience experiences that help a, a child as they grow to know what they what they should be feeling when they think about Christ. Yeah. Um, okay. It's a good kind of magic. It's... Yeah. Santa Claus cannot solve your worst problem. Well, nobody said that he could. I guess I mean I, I, it feels like okay. So if this was written to like a a pagan family that was that was right, like, the weaker brother that could have had to stop worshiping Santa. 
there are people who probably shouldn't do Santa because they they can't. They're actually, the categories they're idolaters. Right, 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 right. But if this is written to a Christian family, I mean, no, no one's saying no one's saying this. No, a real Christian family, like who's, who's been a, people have been Christian for a while. No one's saying. But my my mother didn't say this. To you. Didn't say this to me. Santa's going to solve your problems during the night. Why don't you pray to Santa and ask him to? <laughs> I've never, no, she said, pray to Jesus. And I always understood Jesus. I always understood Santa to be like Jesus's person. Like he, Jesus was, he was. He's a servant. Yeah, he was a servant of Jesus. And so it was like, they were, they were like, Santa loved Jesus. I, okay, so I always thought. Jesus <laughs> did solve our worst problem, our sin and alienation from God. Merry Christmas, kids. <laughs> Santa can put some icing on the cake of a good life, but he cannot take a shattered life and rebuild it with hope forever. This, and our kids need to know that about Christmas. Well, wait, wait, wait. No, but what about Christmas? That Christmas won't. It says our kids need to know that about Christmas, that Santa can only put icing on the cake of a good life, but cannot take a shattered life and rebuild it with hope forever. But nobody said that he was going to. We just want to have a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a feast season. You you put nice food on the table and have presents and have nice things to drink. Because and, and, and you talk and it's and, and then you have a nice fat man with a big beard and a large red suit and it's which is pretty cool. Why? I don't understand. Okay, Santa Claus is not relevant in many cultures of the world. Jesus is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords over all the peoples of the world. Yeah, but every culture celebrates Christmas, like, and there's different ways of doing it. And you wouldn't want to go to every culture and be like, everything that you're doing is wrong, which is what a lot of mission people did. <laughs> everything, all of your celebrations are completely wicked. I mean, better better way is to go and baptize the things that are baptizable, <laughs> and and gently remove the things that are completely idolatrous, and that has to happen here in America now in a post Christian society. I would say that Christians having a war on Santa isn't maybe the best evangelistic tool, right? If you're a Santa worshiper. Maybe you can't, you shouldn't worship Santa. But if that's the only golden idea of transcendence that you have, I think Christians could say, hey, you know, there's Santa, but we all are Jesus. Hello. Yeah. I mean, there's different ways of doing, of engaging with people who are wrong and confused. I mean, okay. so like But the- I, I don't know if. If saying your worship of Santa is super wicked, I think even people in the world be like, I'm not worshiping Santa. Right, right. Like right. I I don't I don't I didn't offer him any offerings. Not I'm not like him this morning. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but I think that um, I literally am worshiping Amazon, but you know So I mean see Lewis was th- so like pagan in pagan pagan religion, of course, we believe that anything that people worship other than Christ, if you worship God outside of Jesus Christ, you're you're, you're a pagan. There's some kind of demonic. Probably the, the, every human religion has its source in in hell. It's a demonic expression. However, God uses, um, you know, God has sprinkled pictures of the gospel throughout every culture. Every culture, right? And and even he subverts he subverts pagan religion. So people, um, you know. Sometimes atheists say, "Well, look, you have these dying and rising gods. You have these uh, these these gods born out of unions between, you know, women and God." And C.S. Lewis would say, "Okay, well, fine. Those are those are gods subverting demonic religion. <laughs> those are pictures mm-hmm. of, of Christ 
Um, it's going the it, other direction. Going, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah. So that when people do hear the gospel, they can say, like, oh, oh, that was a myth. That was a false thing. This is the true this thing. This is the true right. thing. Okay, Santa Claus will be forgotten someday, and Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. Yes, that's true also. But is that really what you want to say on Christmas Eve? I mean, so here's what you could say. You could say Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you don't have to say anything about Santa at that point. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. be like, Jesus lives forever. Yeah. And he was born. Yeah. I I'm it, okay. The act, Nicholas, the fact, like, the, the 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 myth of Santa made me love Jesus more when I was uh-huh. a kid. I mean, uh, I didn't, I wasn't a Christian yet, like like I am now. But I, but I, I don't think I had yet. I didn't turn away. I hadn't turned away from the church or or Jesus at that point. But I, I, I thought he was great. <laughs> but but the fact of Santa bringing me lots of gifts made me love Jesus. <laughs> well, when you realize what the gift is that. So all of those other gifts of childhood are a foretaste of the gift yeah. of Christ. Yeah. And for a lot of children who do grow up believers, those things are intermingled together right. and they don't sort them out until later. Yeah. yeah. But they, all of the gifts that are given to a child build, build up and, and give them the freight, the spiritual framework to understand who Christ is. Yeah. And especially if they're freely given with joy and delight and not with a moralizing lecture about how wicked the child is for having appetites and desires <laughs> and how all of those must be only satisfied in Christ by meditating on his word and never by eating chocolate as if those two yeah. things could not go together. The God could not be the author of a, a, a chocolate Santa that makes you like gives you a sugar rush and then you crash on the mm-hmm. floor in the middle of Christmas day. Like I, I you can have a both and. Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. You can have a both. And. Okay. This is almost over. I'm sure we, okay. There's no contest here. I cannot see why a parent, if they know and love Jesus, if they have found Jesus to be the greatest treasure in the world, why they would bring Jesus out of the celebration and Santa into the celebration at all. I mean, he is just irrelevant. He has nothing to do with it. Zero. Okay. I think we've answered that. No why you would do that. Nobody's in. taking right, Jesus right, right, out right. or putting, and there's good reasons to have them both. So my counsel is to give all your efforts to making your children as happy as they can possibly be with every kind of surprise that is rooted in the meaning of Christmas. Let your decorations point to Jesus. Let your food point to Jesus. I don't know how you do that. Like, because I think if you, if you have to have, you have like a Jesus shape. Do you have like a, a head of Jesus cake or a cross? I mean, I, I don't know what that means. I mean, I, I mean, yes, we, I mean, obviously, I mean, every kid knows, at least in our church and I think in the, in our home, I know in our home knew from the very point of the first time they were conscious for Christmas that this is about Jesus's birthday. But you don't have to like, that's weird. This, this makes Jesus into a weird thing. Yeah. Okay. Let your... Uh, games point to Jesus. Let your singing point to Jesus. Well, yes, obviously the singing. Out rejoice the world. Out give the world. Out decorate the world, and let it all point to Jesus. If Jesus focus, if being Jesus focused is a killjoy at your Christmas, you don't know him well. I mean, it, well, okay. So here, here's how being Jesus focused can be a killjoy. Yeah, when like you say, okay, Santa Claus is a fake. <laughs> you worship Jesus. That's that's a killjoy. 
Like you say, this present is from Jesus. <laughs> like, and all of your friends who think that Santa Claus is real, they're all they're all, they're all deceived, and their parents are horrible. That's that's that that does make that does make Jesus into a killjoy. And I think Jesus really likes the kids to to have a good time, and and it's okay for children to believe in some myths and not be, um, but and not be castigated for it. And and that's yeah. I don't, I don't think. And I don't think you're a parent. You're lying if you're a parent and you and you don't. Yeah, you're not engaging in some kind of sick lie, right? If you're like, oh, I wonder if Santa's going to come, right? Because I mean, technically, I'm not. I mean, even like according to these standards, I'm not because I don't know that Santa does things. <laughs> like, and, 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 and John Piper, no one else, they can't prove it. I want to see the photos. I mean, uh, I mean, you don't know that Bigfoot doesn't exist either. Exactly, we don't know the football. I mean, you can't prove the non-existence of the Santa Claus. We we just don't know. Now you can say, okay, well, has he brought you gifts since you? gotten to be 18 I mean, or 19 or 20 have you have you uh as an adult had santa claus come to your house and give you gifts no i haven't had that but that may maybe he just does it for kids i don't know <laughs> has he has he given your kids any gifts i don't know i don't know <laughs> i know <laughs> <laughs> no i mean my I mean, my <laughs> my <laughs> we certainly had no what i mean is like we certainly had money come to us Times unexpected. Um, oh yeah, you around think that's Christmas. from Santa, not yeah. from well, from Jesus ultimately, but from, through, from but, Jesus through yeah, Santa. Yeah, who knows? Like Santa's like the Holy Spirit, and yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't believe in the cult of the saints and everything, but but Santa, Santa Claus is this kind of special category, like in Narnia. I agree. Bring so every year he brings us our yeah our yeah our stuff. Um, okay, well, I think we. I mean, if you don't believe us, there's nothing we, we should talk do. about. Some, I mean, not this time, but next time we should talk about Santa Claus too. Um, okay, well, so just this can be our parting thing. Santa is a fairy mm-hmm. who comes on Christmas Eve. He's a large fairy. Uh, he's in the category of fairy. St. Nicholas is a real person who is let out of heaven. I know you can't leave heaven and come down to earth because we don't believe in ghosts or anything. But St. Nicholas is the only person who is allowed to leave heaven once a year. And he brings chocolate and oranges. He, he, comes is, to Good Shepherd. he in no way resembles Santa Claus. Santa Claus. But he does come to Good Shepherd. He does come to Good Shepherd. Yeah. Right. And other Anglican churches. Right. Does he come to Catholic churches? I don't know. Yeah. I doubt Roman it. Catholic churches. Yeah. <clears throat> so. But. Yeah, so he comes and he's he was a, he's based he was a real person, right? And, and so he's he not a, a real man. person. Right. And so when he comes, it's right. it's as though Jesus, <laughs> well, Jesus is already <laughs> in church, right? Because he, you know, we are caught up into heaven, and so Saint Nicholas is just sort of there, there right. with right. all the heavenly part of saints. the part yeah. of the. It just it obviously right. and logically works out. Whatever you can say after listening to this episode, you listen to some extremely good theology yeah <laughs> come here for all your theological needs and your critic criticism of american culture unfounded right. largely okay are we we don't have anything else i think we have to go along with no, we're done. We have okay so thank you so much for listening and maybe we'll be back next week mm-hmm.